Hello and welcome to the Holistic Fashionista Speaker Series, where holistic leaders of tomorrow become thriving luxury brands. During the interview series, my guest speakers will share their adventure and expertise on specific topics to help you enrich your experience with life. Hello, I'm Angel Santana, the host of the Holistic Fashionista Speaker Series and the CEO and founder of HolisticFashionista.com. I've had the honor of working with each of these individuals to take what they've already mastered in their life and use it to serve their kismet clients. It is my great honor to introduce to you today, Thea Bodwin. Today, Thea will be sharing with us, release your money blocks and monetize your brilliance. But before we get started with this awesome topic, I'd like to introduce you to my fabulous friend and client, Thea. Thea is a lifestyle entrepreneur and business mentor. She helps smart, savvy women who are frustrated with their finances and are ready to monetize their brilliance and infuse more luxury into their life. Welcome to the Holistic Fashionista Speaker Series, Thea. I'm so excited to have you here. Hi, Angel. Thank you. I am super excited to be here with you today. Well, <clears throat> before we dive into the awesome topic, which I'm sure everybody who's listening to this is like, what are my money blocks? How do I monetize my brilliance? It's a pretty hot topic. Um, I thought I would just kind of let our audience get to know, you know, how did we meet? We met on Facebook, and I think we went back and forth several times, and I was so attracted to your brand, to Holistic Fashionista, and I knew um, that I somehow wanted to be involved with you. So we kept in touch, and then I ended up contacting you for coaching, which was one of the uh, brightest things I've ever done. This has been fabulous. (laughs) But, yeah, so Facebook. Good old Facebook. Well, that's kind of the beauty of building our businesses online. We're able to attract people all over the globe. Uh, You're located in, is it Idaho? Yep, Sun Valley, Idaho. Sun Valley, Idaho. Awesome. Well, I love that the Internet can connect people that are definitely meant to know each other. And, uh, yeah, I just want to thank you again for being on the show, and I want to dive in now and really figure out and hear from you, you know, why do you think that people have money blocks, and how do they show up in people's lives? Well, I think we have money blocks because we're born into them. And Mm. um, I talk about this a lot with my clients, that you aren't really born with a money block, but you are definitely born into money blocks. Because and whether it's you, it's almost always from your family of origin, and for, for a lot of people, that's your parents. That doesn't look the same for everybody. But talking in generalities, you get you pick up these patterns around money from your parents, either your mother or your father, and they can be different. But you uh, you grow up your whole life surrounded by these, and you get these messages in so many different ways that it's really hard for an individual to. Uh, create their own patterns around money when they have such heavy influences. Interesting. So does it usually start with one parent or the other, or is it can be a combination of both? It can be a combination of both for sure. So for instance, this might show up if you're, you may find that you uh, don't handle money well, that you spend money like crazy, you don't keep track of your finances, you've run up all your credit card bills, and you kind of just want to put your head in the sand about it. The chances are that is a pattern from either your mother or your father who probably either did the same thing or they did just the opposite and you were rebelling against them. So we tend to um, either adopt the pattern that our parents had, so we're doing the exact same thing. And we see this over and over with a lot of different patterns in life, right? Like 
you repeat the pattern from one generation to another. Or the pattern was so uh, difficult for you and you internally railed against it so much that you completely rebelled and did the exact opposite. So if, uh, if your mother was terrible with finances and always in debt and uh, maybe your electricity was being shut off or they were a shopaholic, you might go to the other extreme and become super strict with your own finances and you need to know where every single penny is which also can be really difficult for someone. And that is still a money block because that's not your pattern. You're just rebelling against mm. someone else's. So the, the magic is to figure out what your patterns are um, and, and rewrite those so that you're not uh, rebelling against or adopting um, your parents' patterns. Got it. Well, one of the things I love about your signature system <clears throat> is that you are very passionate about having a luxury life. And the thing that I really resonate with you, maybe more so than any of the clients that I've worked with, is that we share a very similar ideal about money. Like we don't want money to be that we can or cannot have something. It's about having everything that you want and finding a way to make that so, whether that's to start your own business or grow something or have something on the side where you can actually earn some, some extra money so that you can have the things. You know, I would never, you know, catch you or myself ever saying, you know, I can't afford it or I can't have that. It's like there's going to – we need to be creative problem solvers in finding ways to make sure that we can have whatever we want, uh, be luxurious every single day and embody that feeling. So that was one of the things I really took away from our time together uh, in the development of your fabulous brand, Embody Daily Luxury. Yes, and, you know, it's really interesting because as long as people have these money blocks, they find this um, concept of embodying daily luxury really difficult because if someone has the money block that they need to be really tight with their finances or they can't have luxury until they have a certain amount of money uh, or they find that, the, uh, that feeling smart and savvy means being frugal, if you're stuck in one of those patterns, then it will be really difficult to even um, think about the concept of luxury. I talked to and have coached people that even the word luxury is sort of polarizing for them. And mm. it, takes a it takes some significant time and coaching to realize that the reason that is so is because they've always had this pattern around anything that would be considered luxurious as something that is not for them or something they either have to earn or they don't deserve, or maybe it's for those people that really don't work very hard. <laughs> you know, so you, you, we get all of these messages, again, from our parents. So if your parents were the kind of parents that instilled in you a really hard work ethic and that you had to work really hard for success, and if you didn't work hard for success, you didn't really earn it, or if you were doing something that would be considered frivolous or luxurious, Perhaps you were in being entitled or a spoiled brat. Um, so, so with that being said, people, I think everybody wants to have this feeling of daily luxury. And it looks different for everybody, but we don't always allow ourselves to be, for, you know, for various reasons. Whatever your pattern is that's preventing you from infusing your whole day with luxury, um, it's really important to identify that pattern and then rewrite that 
so that you um, you aren't struggling with that because everybody deserves, you know, your birthright is to deserve luxury in your life. Love it. Well, I know probably the burning question going through everybody's mind right now is like, okay, yes, Thea, I've got money issues. You know, I've had the mom that, you know, went into credit card debt or what have you. So what do we do? I mean, if we've got a block, how do we release it? So the first thing is going way back. You, can't, you have to go back to the beginning of origin and identify. Be, uh, most people don't even know what they, are, uh, what they have um, adopted or what they've run from. So you have to go way back and really think about your family of origin and what the patterns were and the messages were that you got. And sometimes that's a huge aha moment for people. They don't even realize that that is what their, their parents were uh, mentoring for them. So if you go back and you start to think about um, what your childhood was like and you start asking yourself questions like, um, do I remember, you know, mom or dad talking about money? Did I have the sense that we had plenty of money or was I always given the message that we were always just a little short and that um, I couldn't do a lot of the things that I wanted to do? If you think about vacations, did you vacation a lot as a family? Were you flying places or did everybody pile in the station wagon to go to a family member's you know, house and that was considered vacation? So, so start to look at how your parents handled money, what your upbringing was like, whether money was um, given freely. A, a lot of times when People are younger, if they are given money for anything, it comes with strings attached, which can really affect the way you perceive money and your, your own use and, and luxury of it as you get older. So you need to go way back and ask yourself a, a lot of these questions about your family of origin. And then once you have, and you should be able to list, you know, 10 different situations that begin to stand out to you around money. And then you have to look at yourself and say, did I adopt that same pattern? Of, am, you know, am I mom? Am I doing just what mom did? Or have I gone, you know, completely uh, polarized and, and gone on the opposite side? I'm doing something completely the opposite because uh, I disliked what my parents were doing so much. And if you find that, you'll probably also recognize you don't like where you are. Like I'm here because I felt I needed to be. Like in order to save myself, save my sanity, I had to completely rebel against the way mom and dad did it. But I know it doesn't feel good. I don't like being in this situation. So then you have to find your pattern. So once you've listed maybe 10 situations you can remember from childhood, but, and from the earliest memory straight through you know, your last memory being home, and even now, how are your parents uh, communicating with you around money or how are they handling their own money? And then you look at, you insert yourself into it and say, in each of these examples, did I rebel or did I uh, adopt that pattern? And then you can begin to rewrite that because you recognize that it's not yours. It was theirs. Um, you weren't born with it. It's, it's not in your DNA. So then you can take that same list and another piece of paper and how do you want that pattern to show up in your life? How do you want money to show up in your life? How do you want to handle any of those given situations? What does vacation look like in your ideal world? Yeah. And I know, I'm uh, like going through my whole story myself just listening to you yeah. talk. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and, it, and, and it's, uh, it's so profound. It's so simple yet so profound. 
And it does take some time because even if you say, okay, I recognize that pattern and that's not the pattern I want. I want, you know, X and such. It will take practice because if you think about the number of years you live with those patterns, they don't just disappear because you identify them, right? Like much like people that want to eat right and exercise or see the ideal weight or any of those things come with practice and skill. Being an athlete comes with practice and skill. And so does this. Like you have to exercise that muscle to change. And that can start with really basic small little steps, which is what I love and what the reason I founded Embodied Daily Luxury was I wanted people to be able to start with the smallest of steps to start infusing their day, even while they're still struggling with their patterns. Because I think to some degree we always do. It's just where you are on that that spectrum. So even when even as you're in the identifying pattern stage and having all of your aha moments, you can still be infusing your life with luxury. You don't have to wait because you know where you're going. Like it doesn't matter where you are. You know where you're going and you know you want more luxury in your life. And so you can start that right away. I think it's a, a common mistake that people make to think I'll wait and do that when, when I have more money, when I have more time, when I've when I no longer have these blocks. The key is to start doing it while you're doing the work. And it makes it more enjoyable. You know what? I'm just like having all these epiphanies as you're speaking. So when we went through this process of, you know, uncovering your gateway problem and then discovering the root problem, it's like you really think about, you know, releasing this money block. I'm kind of now seeing it that your business, you know, how you serve your clients is, is the gateway problem really being your issues around money. You know, how, it's not even about making more money. It's like I have anxiety around money or I can't mm-hmm. go on vacation or I can't take my kids and the guilt that shows up from that or whatever those scenarios are that play out in people's lives. And then here you are, EmbodyDailyLuxury.com, helping these smart, savvy women who have these money issues. Maybe they're newly single um, they've got kids to raise. They're still in a job maybe they don't love. But here you are giving them an opportunity to not only release the money money blocks, but to use luxury to break the money block, which is very, right. I mean, following me, it's like very profound the way, and I don't know that anybody else is doing it this way. I mean, obviously there's people that are you know, money coaches and helping you develop your, you know, what is your money story? What does it look like? What's that money monster? All that stuff. But here's, mm-hmm. a, you know, an opportunity where you've created something where it's like, I'm going to help you infuse luxury into your life to help release some of these money blocks so that you can start to feel financially and financially more secure, which is kind of ironic. So I just want to ask you, you know, if somebody's listening today and they're feeling financially frustrated, maybe they're feeling financially strapped, how can she start to infuse luxury into her life so that she can kind of banish these money blocks and move forward regardless of where she is financially right now? Yeah, that's a great question. So one of the things that someone needs to do as they're, you know, making their list and figuring out what their blocks are, but it's also to identify what luxury means to them because luxury can mean very different things to different people. So, for instance, um, for one person, luxury may mean a yacht, and another person, it might mean the luxury to buy organic food uh, for their family or the luxury to pick my kids up after school. 
So keep in mind that for you, luxury may look very different than your neighbor or your girlfriend. So start making that list of what would feel so luxurious to you. And while you're doing it, some little ways to infuse luxury into your life, even if you're struggling with your finances, if, if you think, well, I don't have any money to buy anything luxurious and I'm feeling stuck, and that is compounding the problem because now I feel yucky and I don't feel luxurious and I don't feel like this woman that I want to be. So you can start to do some things that cost either nothing or very little. For instance, for me, if I need a little infusion of luxury, and I do all the time, but um, <laughs> I'll go take, I'll go take a, a bath with Epsom salt and oils because it feels it's one of the most luxurious things I can do. Um, and, and not everybody loves that, but I do. So for me, that is a super inexpensive thing that I can do in any varying length of time that immediately um, transports me and transforms me um, and I slowly, you know, pick up different kinds of oils and different scents depending on the mood that I want. Um, and so I love that. And it costs, you know, Epsom salts are super inexpensive, but, and I like lighting a candle and I soak for, you know, sometimes an hour, which is, which brings me to another thing. I remember when I, when my babies were babies and I was exhausted and sleep deprived mm-hmm. and, uh, and just, you know, with baby vomit all over me and, Still then, getting, carving out the time, no matter what it took, whether it was after the babies were in bed, having someone else take the babies for a walk, whatever it was, I knew that when I jumped in that tub with my oils and my salts and my candle, I felt super luxurious, even in the midst of, you know, being completely exhausted. So finding those little things that you love and making the time for them. And that sometimes means asking for help, but it's that you know, super important. Another important thing to remember, and it's just, it's really a mindset and a a fresh perspective, but anything that you find, anytime you find that you're in routine, uh, try to change that into ritual. So instead of, Mm. say, my coffee, for instance, you can just be in the routine of quickly throwing your coffee in a, um, so my routine used to be pouring a cup of coffee and then slowly drinking it cold for two hours because I was running around doing a million other things, and that's not a really enjoyable way to drink coffee. <laughs> so now I turn it into a ritual, and I now often even do a blended coffee, and I sit and drink it while it's hot, and it's delicious. And so this, it's still coffee, but I've turned it into a ritual that feels amazing. It's the same thing I learned in a um, mastery class that I took years ago, that even focusing on things like, making sure that your dish detergent smells delicious and that you love it and focusing on the warm water. Like you can even turn some of the routine things you need to do into things that feel a little bit more luxurious. And sometimes it's with just little tweaks like the change of a scent. Sometimes it might be buying a different brand that makes you feel one way or another. Yeah, there's, there's different ways to infuse luxury throughout your day. I have an uh, essential oil diffuser in my car. So every time I get in, I have, you know, a few bottles that I keep in there and I think, what, what am I in the mood for? Do I have, you know, a beverage that I love? I have essential oils on my diffuser. I'm listening to a great podcast. And all of a sudden this drive or the running around um, dropping the kids off doesn't feel routine anymore. It feels super pleasurable. Hmm. So those are 
oh, and your closet, a lot of uh, women, too, that are stuck in this, in this rut feel like they can't go out and buy new clothes. Or maybe they're a shopaholic who does nothing but buy new clothes, but they're not really enjoying them. So another thing to do is to just take inventory of what you have in your closet and repurpose it and make it super fun and pull out things that maybe you historically have kept for events that you needed to dress up and start pulling some of that stuff out for daily wear and throwing, you know, whether it's a brooch or a scarf or, you know, any number of those things that you have, but in your daily life, you're throwing your yoga pants on. <laughs> um, try to mix that up a little bit and you'll feel more luxurious. You know, I, I, it's so funny. I'm going through all these interviews with everybody in the speaker series. And I, I mean, you guys are like awakening so many things just in myself. So I'm just going to share a little story of just now that I'm hearing it. And I don't think that I, I did it consciously at the time, but now that you're speaking about uh, luxury and infusing it and how that can truly help transform just, you know, any, any financial woo that you might be having. So quick little story here. So, before I started my business, I was a bookkeeper. If anyone's heard my story before, another lifetime it feels like. But at the time, I had all these different clients, and I actually somebody had referred me to a, a new client at the time, and it was like a really, really successful business. And it was fact, you know, I had worked with you know multi-million dollar companies being a bookkeeper, but this one was like the biggest one that I ever got. Right, so I went into the office. And and the office was like every, there was a cappuccino machine and everything was like so like lush and like modern and new and just exquisite and I felt so out of place and oh, I was like mm. wow like even though I got the job and you know I landed the interview I'm really good at interviews but I mean okay so then I get the job I go start you know I start you know I go I think I work like Tuesdays and Thursdays at that time um, and I went there and it took me two months to feel comfortable to go and make myself a cappuccino. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this is like, I was like so pathetic. And I was like, oh, my gosh, like how can I get over this? Because, I mean, I've already got the job. It's no big deal. Like everybody's going to make a cappuccino. Like just go make yourself a cappuccino. So uh, during that period of my, t- of my life, I um, was also in the market for wanting to buy a new car. I was driving like a beat up Mercedes. It was like my first attempt at having like a nicer car, but it was still like old. And I was like, okay, it's time to like move on from that. So one of the things I did is I went to uh, my Audi dealership and uh, I, w- I test drove an Audi. And I was so, they're like, oh, do you want to go on the freeway? I was like, oh, no. Like, what if I crash the car? Like, I mean, it was so pathetic. I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. So anyway, I bought, I buy the Audi. And, and after I was saying, I mean, of course, after you buy, like, your first, like, brand new car, you're like, oh, I'm going to, like, wash it every day. And, like, I'm going to vacuum it. It's, I'm going to keep it so nice. You know, that goes out the window, like, you know, three months later. But at, what happened was is it transformed how I felt within. So that money block that I had from whatever, this silly cappuccino machine, uh, having the car made me change the way I felt about myself, the way I felt about money, that I was worth more, you know, I could charge more, all of those things, which is, you know, the irony here is that what a year later I ended up launching Holistic Fashionista, but it was really just going back to exactly what you're saying. You know, it starts with those small little things, and then mm-hmm. you graduate to bigger things, and then all of a sudden you are, I mean, I had no idea that I would be now helping people build luxury brands. Like, you're talking to somebody who, like, started with nada. So, anyway, right. a little story, yeah. but super powerful what you're sharing right now. 
It's so important. Yeah, imagine that. You couldn't make a cappuccino for yourself. <laughs> and now you're cooking like your grand. So it is, but that, and that just shows you that it takes those, the little steps building up to uh, the big changes and the pattern changes and recognizing, like you recognized, like, why am I having this trouble making this cappuccino? But it took recognizing it and not just saying, well, you know what, that's because I was born into uh, being like this. So this is who I am. You were like, no, no, no. Like, I recognize a pattern here. I'm going to change it. I'm going to infuse my life with some luxury. And for you, that meant this car. And it completely transformed the way you probably walked, talked, and felt after that. Yep. And that's right? exactly And true. although I'm sure you still probably get a little monkey mind stuff like we all do, you mm-hmm. just have to remind yourself that you're curating your life every step of the way. And every time one of those patterns sort of starts to sneak up, you just learn to recognize it really quickly and think, what do I want? This isn't about, you know, my parents or my family of origin, what they did, what the way that I want to be like them or don't want to be like them. The question is, what do you want? And what can you do to curate that? Even if you're, uh, even if you're feeling financially frustrated, because I think if someone is thinking, you know, over here on my right hand is the lifestyle that I really, really want, but I'm over here on the left with no idea about the bridge that's going to connect the two. And I don't feel very luxurious. And I have, I'm super in debt. I have no money, you know, on and on and on. It's really hard to think about how you'll get there. And, like, I'm just here to say it's one step at a time, and they all build on each other. And then they'll click, and they'll click, and then you'll start to feel yourself crossing that bridge and stepping into what you really, really want. But a lot of people never even visualize the bridge. They just won't even. One of the exercises that I do with my coaching clients is to envision your ideal lifestyle. You would be shocked at how many people can't do it. They just could never even let their imagination go um, to recognize that they would even want anything luxurious because they just don't see it as reality. Well, I, you know, how could I have that? Or it's just not realistic. Um, and then the more we work on it, the more they recognize that, you know what, they do want that. And that is something they just never allowed themselves to dream about before. So, yeah, a lot, so of, true. It, um, a lot of it is recognizing it and then working through it. And, again, it's not just a, a snap your fingers <laughs> type thing. It's a, you know, like you have continued to work that muscle, and now it is your lifestyle. And there's, you know, obviously we all still have uh, growth beyond that. So one of the exercises I do in my um, coaching program is uh, a luxury jet, the luxury jet experience. Mm. And it's so amazing the number of people that if I said, would you like to have your own private jet? And they just can't even conceptualize that. And then they're like, no, 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 I'm fine. You know, I'm fine, fine coach. I don't need my own luxury jet. (laughs) But then when you break it down, you're you're like, really? (laughs) Really? You wouldn't like access to your own private debt to go anywhere you wanted, anytime you wanted. Um, and the reality is, of course they do, but they just, it just seems so unrealistic. And in that, that whole exercise is not um, an exercise in how to necessarily get your own private jet. It's an exercise in how to recognize your pattern. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know. I love this. Down. I love that, that exercise that you have. I'm not going to give it away because it's something amazing, but you know, you just brought something to my attention here about, you know, asking yourself, a question that to bring different results. So one of the things that 
I made a, uh, when I was asking myself, you know, how will I know when I've made it or how will I know when I have finally released, you know, a money block or, you know, moved forward with a, a path that was going to be more aligned with what I wanted to do. And I remember thinking, you know, I will know that I have made it or that I feel, you know, somewhat financially free when I can go to Whole Foods and never look at the price tag and just throw whatever I want in there. And I don't care how much it's going to cost. I'm just going to be like, it's my body. It's my fuel. I'll buy whatever I want at Whole Foods. And, and that it became a reality. But it was me asking that question, like, what would it take, Angel, for you to really feel like, you know, you've made it or that you're on the right path? And that was it. So I wanted to, you know, ask you, you know, what is the one question that, you know, our, our listeners should ask themselves when trying to figure out how to monetize their brilliance? Well, I think, yeah, I think it's a couple of different things. I think that it goes, it goes back to what does luxury feel and look like to you. Um, and for you, that was, for, I think for most people, it boils down to choice. Luxury means I have the choice to do exactly mm. what I want, no matter what that looks like. But when it comes to monetizing it, if you're like, okay, this is all well and good that I want a private jet and I want luxury and I, I want to, you know, feel fabulous and make cappuccinos, but how do I afford that if I'm currently broke or um, I have no, uh, you know, uh, money to spend on those sort of things? And it's, then you start looking at monetizing yourself and your brilliance and your genius. And you, the, the number one thing you want to ask yourself is what would I do for free? What would I do for free today and tomorrow and beyond because I love it so much? And that's where that's sort of the key to where you should start in thinking about monetizing your brilliance. Because if you want to continue to grow this amazing lifestyle and curate a lifestyle you love that is uh, based on infusing your life with luxury, it needs, you need to be doing something that you love. And the, and the chances are then it won't feel as much like work and you're probably a genius at it. And so it will be easy for you to monetize. Instead, people tend to think, I'm going to go do, you know, X, Y, Z that I don't like so that I can make the money mm. to have the luxurious things I want. And I really think it's the opposite. Identify now what you really love to do and start there. As you're infusing your life with luxury, what do you really love to do? And how can you monetize what you love to do so that your day truly feels luxurious? Like for you, with Holistic Fashionista, you're a genius at this, and you clearly love it, right? Absolutely. And so I'm sure once you made that, once you transitioned, and you probably, if you compared when you were doing bookkeeping to what you're doing now, could say I make way more money now and I love it so much more. And I make way more money, which is funny because my money yeah. story has, it started with my mom saying, you know, if you want to make any money, this is, you know, obviously adolescence. If you want to make money, you need to work in an office. Yeah. You know, so, so what did I do? I went and worked in an office and I was mm -hmm. like, okay, well they capped out, you know, I was getting paid hourly. Granted, I was getting paid a pretty, pretty nice wage there, but nothing to what it is now and I do love what I do so much more so this is a true testament that you can make way more money and be way more fulfilled doing what you love than doing what you somebody told you would have been the right path for you because of that it would lead to you know financial freedom which is really right. not true right and people also have 
um, the misconception that you have to work really hard, like you have to really grind, and it needs to feel a little bit uncomfortable to make money. And so I, I totally believe in working hard if you're doing what you love. But if you're working really hard trying to get somewhere and the journey isn't enjoyable, then the end isn't going to be enjoyable because the end is the journey. That's all we have is the journey. So it needs to be as enjoyable as possible. And a lot of people, like your mom, probably found great comfort and security in office work because it was secure and someone else was in charge of the bills and, and the, the company and you showed up and you got paid. And, and a lot of people um, find security in that and that's what they teach their kids. Like if you go get a good education, get a good job and someday retire. And so for some people, the thought of building their own business or going out on a limb and doing something they love, it's just so foreign because no one in their family did that. And, it was, and not, only, not only didn't they do it, and they, so they don't have sort of that mental picture or the um, mentor that did it, there may even have been negative patterns around it, around people that did that kind of stuff, right? Like yep. if it was somebody who went off and, and started their own company, your parents may have given you the idea that they were crazy or that they were unstable or they were putting their whole family at risk doing this. And so you may have gotten really negative messages around it. Or if it was someone who started their own business and were really successful, you may have had parents that also had um, issues with that, like, oh, Mr. So-and-so thinks he's something. <laughs> you know, he's mm-hmm. doing whatever and building X and such, but what if the whole thing fails? And so anyway, I think it's important that you recognize what you really love to do and move towards that. And part of that is going to be, it's, it's inevitable. It's going to be rewriting some of the patterns that you had from childhood around that, around building your own business, around doing what you love instead of thinking you need to work, you know, hard and suffer through it. And and even for some people, there maybe doesn't feel like a success if you're not doing what somebody else deemed as successful. So there's a lot of hidden messages there and these patterns that, again, they they say, you know, once you leave the the house and you grow up, you don't need to physically hear those voices because they're always with you. (laughs) So even when you're, you know, not talking, those patterns are there. So identifying those, breaking those, and moving on into truly a life of luxury in whatever luxury looks and feels like for you. Totally possible. This this has been such a good talk. I mean, I feel like just in the 30 minutes or 40 minutes that we've been talking, like so many good, powerful messages, exercises people can use right now to release the money blocks, start getting, you know, understand what your money story is, and then start to infuse these little pieces of golden luxury nuggets (laughs) that we all deserve, especially as women, especially if you've got kids or you're running your own business or you're just pulling your hair out, you know, slowly every single day that we all need to kind of get out of routines, which I love, get out of routine and start turning it into a ritual. You know, for me, it was buying a new car or being able to, you know, shop at Whole Foods, but doing those small little things start to break the mold. And that's what I really love about what you've created the, uh, on within the body daily luxury of really being able to, you know, monetize your brilliance, release the money blocks, and start pursuing even in a small, even if it's a part time thing, really doing what you love, creating some of that side income until it can maybe one day become something that you really want to do full time. Because again, like you said, 
the one question to ask yourself today is what would you do for free? Exactly. And, and this tells you that I have finally landed where I need to be after. So, I mean, this doesn't come from me just knowing this for years and years. This comes from me slowly learning this myself. They say that you practice what you need to learn. And finally coming to a place where I'm like, you know what, I could talk to Angel about this all day. <laughs> I would do this for free all the time because that's how much I love it. And then you start to think, I could really help people doing what mm-hmm. I love. So you'll know, you know, you'll just know what it is that you love to do. And the challenge for some people will be that they just don't know how to monetize it. You know, I used to say, who's going to pay me to take a bath all day? Because <laughs> people are like, what do you want to do? I'm like, oh, I love to take baths. So um, I haven't found anyone that wants to pay me to do that yet. But I did find a way to still, you know, infuse my life with the baths and teach other people about that. And, you know, that all feels luxurious to me. So you'll know what you love to do, and believe me, there's a way to monetize it. It may not look, you may not be able to see it if you're if you're simply trying to connect the dots, but there is a way, and you just have Absolutely. to be open to that. Yeah. Yep, I love it. Well, I know we're getting ready to wrap up here, but I just wanted to make sure. You know, is there anything that I didn't ask you today that would be helpful for our audience? I don't think so. Such I thought we covered so much, even more than I um, anticipated being able to cover. I would just say that everybody can find me over at embodiedailyluxury.com, and there's a number of different ways to connect with me over there. Um, if you sign up for my list, there's a free gift for you. There's coaching. There's ways to work with me one-on-one or buy some of the coaching. And we're having more and more people in this sort of virtual society for smart, savvy women joining the conversation. So I just encourage people to come on over and join the conversation. And we're all learning from each other, and it's super exciting. And I'm so excited for anybody who is ready to step out of their routine and their rut and into ritual and luxury and start monetizing their brilliance and feel um, that they're living the life that they, that they true, that's truly theirs, that they are, they're curating something that feels like that is truly authentically, organically theirs and, and not someone else's. So I just invite you to come on over. Awesome. Come play. <laughs> I love it. So visit Thea at EmbodyDailyLuxury.com. Grab her free bonus, The Beauty of High Living and Well-Being, 15 Self-Care Rituals for Women Who Want More Luxury in Their Life. So thank you so much, Thea, for sharing your wisdom and knowledge and your story. Uh, you've shared so much information today. I've definitely taken away uh, some for my own life. So thank you so much for not only being a fabulous friend of mine now, uh, working with you has been an absolute joy, but for being a part of the Holistic Fashionista Speaker Series. Oh, you're so welcome. It was my absolute pleasure. Awesome. Well, uh, thanks everybody for tuning in to the Holistic Fashionista Speaker Series. Uh, More amazing speakers to come and um, we'll catch up again soon. Thea, have a great day. Thanks, Angel. Take care. Bye now.